Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And welcome to this, the latest edition of Saturday Draft Live here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Steve Wilson and this week, as we get closer and closer to our transfer window, the halfway point of this longest of seasons, I'm joined by David Hockney. David, how are you? Yes. And I'll tell you what, it's been a few glorious days here in Glasgow. The sun's out, you know, we've had a massive weekend and week itself of uh, of wrestling across multiple companies. It's uh, it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan as a whole. Yeah, the weather is lovely in Glasgow and UK in the whole. We're at 23 degrees for the next few days. If you're a ginger like me, it's a bit of a meh. But um, <laughs> if you go to three or four uh, abroad uh, Touring trips like Dave does, this weather would probably suit you quite nicely. Uh, <laughs> yes, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, as Dave mentioned, but we're just off the back of a massive uh, weekend of wrestling, something that we highlighted here on the channel on our recent ESSR Central this week. You can catch that and so many more shows on our back catalogue. Just uh, subscribe to us at, here at Suplex Retweet and also follow us on all our socials at Suplex Retweet. Now, Dave, should we go on now to our top three of the week like we always do? Yes, we shall. But before we do that... I have received a message from one of our uh, Contributors League participants. And it says as follows. <clears throat> How are you doing, folks? To my, pe- to my fellow panelists, to the drafters, and to the listeners who love me. As David likes to send me a big feck-off paragraph when he goes on holiday, I'm using my prerogative to get my own back by giving him one for him to read, even when I'm not on holiday. Wido. <clears throat> anyway. Your recently crowned three-time ESSR champion was delighted with how Night of Champions went down and thoroughly enjoyed it. However, it has had a negative impact on my draft team. Therefore, I'm switching my captaincy. So effective Monday, Bianca Belair will pass over the captain's armband to Carmelo Hayes. All the best, the Tangerine Dream, Ryan Douglas. Glad he at least had some sort of point to that drivel. You know, I was wondering (laughs) if we were just going to talk, you know, wax lyrical about how, uh, about certain things, you know, but at least he, he's used that to inform us that he is changing his captain, and um, Dave, before we get into the top three, we'll just discuss that quickly, a very smart captain change, given what we've seen over the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it's our first captaincy change of the season as well, you know, Carmelo Hayes has been running rampant since uh, 
NXT Battleground and, you know, even before then. But Bianca's now hit a bit of a bit of a dip uh, following the loss of the Raw Women's title to Asuka at Night of Champions. So I think from Ryan's perspective, I think that's a pretty wise decision considering he's currently middle of the table. Yes, uh, we'll get into uh, Mr Hayes in a wee bit as we go on to our top three of the week. A very, as we mentioned, a massive weekend of wrestling. Such big scoring going on. Everyone in our top ten this week scored more than ten points, excluding, mm. obviously, the captain's points and additional. So just without captain's points in the zone, that's a fantastic feat. And one man who did particularly well, one who at the end of the start of the season, I don't think many people thought would do so well, is uh, Scotland's own... Uh, the Scottish Supernova, the Heritage Cup champion, Noam Dar, with 16 points, trebling his points for the season in one week. Dave, Noam Dar. Tom called us out in the draft chat this week saying he's all doubted him. And to be fair, I still don't doubt him as a long, I still doubt him as a long-term pick, but a very good weekend. Oof. I mean, I definitely had my reservations when Tom picked Noam Dar. And if you told me that he was going to be one of the top three top scorers at any point during the draft, I'd have laughed in your face like I did when you picked Carmet and you picked Apollo Cruz in season five. But you know, much like that season, it's uh, it's come back to roost in the form of sixteen points this week, largely due to uh, Noam retaining the Heritage Cup over Dragon Lee at NXT Battleground. Now, I get you know that it's a British rounds like rules match, but. I've always been confused about the scoring of that. Do they get points per round? Because I can't really understand, unless Noam had the captaincy on him, like, how did he score 16 points as a result? It's based on... Well, obviously, it's a pay-per-view, so the pay-per-view points double. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a helpful part. If, you're, if, you're, if you went on a pay-per-view, it's, it's beneficial regardless. But the way that the Heritage Cup one works is kind of similar to kind of like the... like uh, I'm sure I think like an Iron Man type thing, like you get the falls... So uh, yes. he, he got wins and losses based on the scores, and the fact that he won two one means that the final one was a title win. So he got mm. he got non title points for these wins for the wins. Right, it was a slight it benefit just... to myself for Dragon yeah. Lee because I got some points for Dragon Lee, but obviously not yeah. Points at the end of it. So it's like so it counts as two non title wins on pay per view. Well, it's technically it's, it's, it's a title, so it counts as it's essentially because it's finished two one. It was one tight one non title win, one non title right. loss. And a title win. So that makes sense now, yeah. That's how he got the 16 points. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if if Noam Dar continues to defend the NXT Heritage Cup throughout the season, this could be a, you know, a, a dark horse pick for Tom, even though, you know, we all doubted him at the start. I think he's, uh, I think he's really, I think he's really pulled the rug from out, from everybody else here. I mean, I think, I don't think many people would have thought, um, he was going to beat Dragon Lee. I think that was the main thing about him. <laughs> so the fact that he's beat Dragon Lee now is a stable behind him. Benefits him a wee bit. But one person who many people thought was a shoe-in to win at the weekend, he did win at the weekend. He is the first in the U lineage. It's the U World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. 18 points for him. Also got a win in a tag team match on Raw alongside AJ Styles against Judgment Day. One part of what was a fantastic week for Chris Anthony Lopez, Dave. Mm, yeah, you know, we've said, you know, Seth Rollins, I think there'll be a time where he gets back to his high-scoring ways like we did in the early seasons of the draft. And, you know, he's finally done that. Albeit, I think he was the firm favourite to win the world title. It's still a massive, massive gain for Chris Anthony Lopez, who basically all members of his team are now on double digits alongside Jack Graham, uh, which is, it's a massive leap for 
for Chris in particular, because he's been sort of lingering around the table. But this weekend alone has really brought him back in contention. And I believe he was also the highest scorer of the week with 61 points total, most of which came from Rollins. But I think you've got to add the fact, you know, is uh, he's had a little bit of a boost from Tiffany Stratton as well. Yeah, he got uh, Seth Rollins his captain, obviously. So that eighteen points, it's not a, it's not a straight double because the championship points is, but he, he's got around about thirty points for Seth this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I Stratton on eleven as well for him, so that equates to nearly uh, between forty and fifty points itself. So it's a massive, massive just from two people. And he's had some solid stuff, Cora Jade winning on NXT, mm-hmm. um, Adam Pierce being doing Adam Pierce things, and of course. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, he's got Danielson and Utah as one of his pairings, and they obviously yeah. got a, a pay per view victory too. So yeah, and with yeah. that, with that big scoring, because well, Seth Rollins has now jumped to third place in the top ten of the season overall, just two points behind Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and three points behind Orange Cassidy. Yeah, but I acknowledge on Central this week an apology to David Campbell for slagging of the Orange Cassidy pick. <laughs> Doing them <that> <laughs> right now. Uh, but one, the man who's top for the top three this week, we've mentioned him earlier on in the show, he's a man who doesn't miss. He's still the NXT champion. He's Carmelo Hayes. He's now Ryan's captain. But a great week for, for Carmelo Hayes. Uh, successfully defending his title against Braun Breaker and a win on TV against Noam Dar. So <laughs> Noam mm. Dar somehow got a victory which, in that match. Which, swing that which was another which was another title defence, might I add. So that's two title defences in the space of uh, between SDL shows for Carmelo Hayes. That's a big, big scoring week for, for Ryan Dalgleish, who's now, Carmelo Hayes is now almost tied with his former captain, Bianca Belair. So Carmelo's on 35 overall, Bianca's on 37. So I think it's a, a foregone conclusion. I think Carmelo is probably going to overtake Bianca as Ryan Dalgleish's top scorer. Yeah, I mean, Carmelo's, Points obviously with non captaincy as well, but Bianca's is obviously without that one, she's not really getting as much. Mm. So, as actually I say, say a no brainer for him, and it looks to now be going into a feud with Baron Corbin, which should be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, mm-hmm. you would assume that that's going to be a, a win feud for Carmelo Hayes, but yes, we, don't, we saw what happened with Dolph Ziggler and Bron Breaker last year, and obviously, Baron <laughs> Corbin is technically a free agent, so he's not just there for a temporary point. He could show up there any time he wants. That's true. And, but we do have the NXT Great American Bash pay-per-view happening in uh, July, so it's another opportunity for uh, Ryan and Carmelo to uh, get some big points on the board if he can overcome big baldy bastard Baron Corbin. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, massive weekend. Let's see how it's affected the table. Not affected the bottom too much. It's still bottom of the table, unfortunately. I hope I don't blow like Shane McMahon's knee. Oh, you jinxed yourself there, Andy. <laughs> Down at the bottom <laughs> one. 70 points, although... Well, actually, no, he's not really brought the gap up because they got the same amount of points this week. He's 11 points behind Ross McLeod and Homosexual Chocolate. And just ahead of them on 83 points, Grant McRobbie and the Great O'Can Appreciation Society on 83. Grant McRobbie, funnily enough, has got the third best median score of the full draft, <laughs> but is sitting in 12th. Because his highest scorer is on 20. So it shows that the advantage mm. of having one scorer who is a big, massive scorer. I mean, if you don't have okay. that, then you can't. Yeah. The most consistent team in the world that's not going to do anything. Uh, but the juggernaut season, the juggernaut pick has always worked in the past. So I don't really blame him. In this case, though, it just isn't cutting the mustard. Ah, he's having fun. That's the best of the main thing. <laughs> uh, I brought the use to him this morning that uh, 
one of CM Punk's return feuds maybe against Jay White. He might cry himself with, with a cocktail on his cruise. There's uh, <laughs> a bit of a gap of 21 points up now to Ross Brady, the big Ross man on 104 points. Ross also messaged me this morning saying, what a flop pick Becky Lynch has been. Uh, <laughs> and then it's myself, just one point ahead of him with uh, Ross Wilson's underappreciated. Then three points ahead of myself is yourself, Dave. Uh, with the West End Country Club, so we're sitting in mid-table, although we're not too far off of the kind of next pe- next group of folk ahead of us. Uh, 114 points in eighth is Jack Graham, three times Kings of Drafting. Then joint six, we have Team Goat and uh, Ryan Douglas with the Lean Mean Tangerine Machine. Uh, Scott McLeod sitting fifth on 119, Dorothy Mantiff is a saint. And then in joint third, we have Gary Kernahan, Team Viscera, and Tom Brock with the Dutch government officials on 121. Then... We have a massive gap at the moment now to our top three, <laughs> uh, 30 points separating third and second, which is it could be in some, it could be hard to catch at this particular point, but still, there's still a long way still to go. We have Matt Smith in the booty woes. Can't believe he's still up there on 151 <laughs> points. But our new leader this week on 154 points is Chris Anthony Lopez in Heartbreaker FC after that massive week on 61 points, an 18 point swing between him and Matt. And, and a massive 36 point swing he had on Gary Kernahan, which got him right up there. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. If a Gary was the front runner pretty much last week, didn't have the pay per view that he wanted with Cody Rhodes losing, not a lot of AEW representation on his team either. And that's kind of, I'm assuming he's, I'm remembering right, he doesn't have a lot of them. Well, he does have an AEW, mm-hmm. uh, but it was Jamie Hayer and she lost her title. So <laughs> it just was the effect. Of that massive pay per view weekend, such big swings there. Oh yeah, like I mean, just looking at how the contributors have scored in like over the course of the week, like five of us scored more than forty points this week. So Tom Brock, myself, Matt Smith, Scott, and Chris Lopez all scoring above forty points. Uh, Matt, Matt, and myself both got forty three. Uh, <laughs> I mean. You can call this a running joke or not, but this shit really does write itself. Scott McLeod scored 44 points this week. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, uh, but yeah, Chris scoring 61 um, just from this week alone is is pretty damn impressive. And that's what's took him to the top. So not only is Seth Rollins, you know, carrying the World Heavyweight title, but his, uh, his stiffy for Tiffy has also carried him there as well. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We, the two guys, the guys at the bottom of this week scoring. They got 19 points, which usually would be quite a good score, but on three pay-per-view weeks is not nearly enough to get quite close. So we'll see mm. not many people, the next pay-per-view in a month's tight one. Uh, I can't remember what the NXT one is. It's going to be American Bash. Or if it's going American to be, Bash, yeah. If it is going to be a Saturday show or not, uh, how the table effect got into Money in the Bank. But I mentioned on ESSR Central this week that we also saw some massive swings in the Listeners League table. And uh, mm-hmm. Dave, you'll... Uh, Give us an update on how that table's now looking a few days afterwards with a few more shows this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the top five standing of the Listeners League at the minute, we have uh, Adam Callier in fifth place. Noam Dard is my Jewish god on 156. Uh, fourth place, Jonathan Napier, flat back, key bumps on 158. Uh, former winner Dan Axel Jameson is in third, uh, black bitch greater than black belt on 162. We have Mike Nunn and the Sports Entertainers, a consistent top five scorer on 168 in second place. Uh, but the current leader on 174 points and scored big this week alongside Alan Skinner, both scoring up 71 points, 
in the last week alone. So, I mean, if you thought Chris Lopez's weekly score was big, you know, I mean, these guys have run rampant in the listeners' league. Alan Skinner, just outside of the top five, um, in sixth place with three heads or better than 154. But back to the top place, uh, Gary Morris, 174 points, Rhea the people. Yeah, hate that name. Um, but yeah, Gary Morris, uh, his team captain is obviously Rhea Ripley who successfully defended against Natalia in dominant fashion. We had FT- he had FTR retaining the tag titles against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. He had MJF retaining the AEW world title. Wes Lee retains the North American title. Tiffany Stratton wins the, the Women's Championship. And the only, the only um, slip-up he had on his team this week was Darby Allin in losing the, uh, in the AEW world title match. So a very, very good week for... For Gary, who's had title retentions all round, it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive to see. But I want to take a look at Alan Skinner briefly as well, given that he was also a big scorer this week. His captain is Seth Rollins, uh, who, as we've said, you know, has been a, a massive contributor to his points. He also has Carmelo Hayes, same as uh, same as Ryan. Uh, the only other main contributor for his team was Asuka though, who won the Raw Women's title. The rest of his team, the Street Profits, Gigi Dolan, who got a win over JC Jane in a weaponized cage match this past week. Uh, sitting in the bottom of his team is Will Hobbs is on two points. So you can see where the flaws in his team are. But overall, he's got um, Seth Rollins and Carmelo Hayes effectively carrying his team. I mentioned on uh, Central this week, uh, Alan's the only guy to have picked uh, Seth Rollins in the Listener's League. No one else mm-hmm. at all. So it's also he's... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's reaping the rewards of it. Yeah, nobody in the listeners league either picked uh, Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, just a quick note on Tiffany Stratton as well. Three people have picked Tiffany. Uh, our top scorer this week, Gary Morris, uh, who's there. Mike Nunn in second place. He's also picked Tiffany. And the only other person who's picked her is Tam McKay, who was our Listeners League Cup finalist from last season. And at the minute, Tam is currently uh, third from the bottom. Yeah, he's quite low down. He's not really. He had Gunther as his captain, so uh, he's had the same similar, similar issues to you with Gunther. Mm-hmm. Not really appearing too much. Yeah, that's probably it. He seems to be building himself back up a wee bit. He had House of Black, Eli Knight, and Shinsuke Nakamura, who all got wins in a fifty-six point week for him, which was quite decent. Uh, on the listeners' league now, I thought we would use our final section of the week to go into a bit more detail on this year's listeners' league cup. For regular mm-hmm. listeners of the show, they'll know that this this season's Listeners League Cup is in the format of a Champions League style group stage. Uh, we've now just finished match day five of that group stage, so next week will be match day six, which is the final one of the group. So this is probably the best time to go into that in a, bit, a lot more detail to kind of get an idea of who's through and what the permutations are going to be for everybody else competing in the Listeners League going into next week. So... Going into the final week, Dave, we actually have, we have eight confirmed last 16 competitors now, which is good. We have uh, Jonathan Napier, Mike Angus, Gary Morris, Mike Dunn, Just Simon. I've got a lot of him. Dan Just Axel, Simon, yeah. Dan Axel Jameson, 
John Sly and Adam Kelly have all confirmed their places into the last 16. However, there's still lots, so many of the people still in the groups who still have a chance of getting <laughs> through to that last 16. There's so many good permutations, which we're going to go through with all the groups right now. So in terms of in terms of group one, I mentioned Jonathan Napier. He's, he's, his qualification has been well secured. He has 15 points at 15. But for the, the race for second place on that, a massive win this week for Ross Henderson. He got he beat Ross McClucky 37 points to 30, which put him into second place three points ahead of Ross, which means that going into the final week, essentially, but then Ross McClucky needs to better Ross Henderson's weekly. He needs to hope that Ross Henderson loses and then beat mm-hmm. score. Well, well, pretty much... Uh, Ross McClucky's got Craig Forsyth, who's who's a non he's a non scorer. He's just in there to make the number up. Uh, so Ross <laughs> McClucky's going to win. So he needs to hope that Ross Henderson stops Jonathan Napier going perfect. But then Ross needs to then also hope that he gets seventeen points better than Ross Henderson, which will because that will mean that Ross McClucky's overall score is better than Ross Henderson, mm-hmm. and that will put him above seventeen points. Is quite an ass, though. It's going to be tough for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly is, yeah. And I've seen across the board, there's quite a few, um, quite a few ties as well. Like in Group Six, we've got JP, Michael Clotty, Tam McKay all on six points. So it's going to come down to the wire for for those two. But Group Seven still hasn't got a is the only one that hasn't got a confirmed qualifier because Stuart Cowie and Colin Blackburn are both on nine, while Alan Skinner and Lee McAteer are both on six. So it's been the that's been the tightest group so far. That one could certainly go. Either way, but Jonathan Napier, I think, probably has done the best out of all the um, the the cup groups. You know, scoring fifteen points a near perfect uh, group stage for for him. But let's not take away from the fact that the other qualifiers, you know, they've been scoring at least ten points. Gary's on ten, and then we have four others on. No, sorry, five others on twelve, which have pretty much confirmed them. But I want to see how Group Seven pans out the most, given that it's uh, you know this one could literally go either way. So I'll quickly run through all the kind of other permutations from the group you kind of mentioned a lot of them, which are quite good to see, which is good. Uh, in group two, Mike Angus is through. That's comfortably for him. Uh, he secured his qualification this week with a win over Anthony Reynolds. But an interesting one was Elliot Cantor beat Lachlan Hyatt 50-25, which puts Elliot now in the, in the driving seat for second place because he needs to beat Mike Angus. And if he beats Mike Angus and Lachlan Higgert loses, then... He's got a, a 10 better score now overall than, than Lachlan, so he's right in the top contention for that. Mm-hmm. In, group, in group three, essentially, Johnny Adams, 29-28 victory over Alan Laurie this week as him in the driving seat because he's now three points ahead of Paddy who lost to Gary Morris. And the difference in Johnny Adam and Paddy are the competitors this week and there's only three points separating their overall score. So a win for, Pad- a win for Paddy... By more than three points, we'll put Paddy through over Johnny Adam. That's a tight group as well. Group mm. four, we won't talk about because that qualification has been secured for Mike Nunn and Simon. They've well run away with that group, even though Simon mm. was getting a perfect score this week by Bertie Wanless. Uh, group five, Dan Axel Jameson, he's through, which is group, but friend of the show, Robert Shaw, had an absolute yeah, shock of Shaw. He, he lost 55 to 22 to a lot Jesus of people. Which, which has put a lot of me right in contention. 
She now has a 23-point better overall score than Robert. So Robert needs to win this week or else he's snookered. I'm sure that Robert is against, Robert's against Dan Axel Jameson. So that could be quite interesting. Oh dear. Robert needs to win that one because if he loses and Alona May wins, Alona May is taking him out because that's a that's 23 points is a high, high bar mm. to kind of reach. Now, Group 6 and Group 7, as you mentioned, are the two most interesting ones because it's so tight. Group 6, John slides through. He's on 12 points. But the other three are on 6. So, essentially, Michael Clotty is facing John Sly. So, Michael Clotty is one. He needs to win, essentially. If he loses, mm-hmm. him, that's the easiest permutation because Tam McKay or JP are going to overtake him. So, Michael Clotty needs to win. And if he wins, he needs to hope. Essentially, he wins. The best one for him is Tam McKay because he's six points better off overall than Tam McKay. But mm-hmm. JP's five points better off than, Mike, than Mike, Michael. So essentially, he needs to outscore JP by five. That's his, if, he, if he wins and he outscores JP by five, he's definitely through, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless Tam has the most amazing week. As we mentioned, Tam's got quite a good kind of sitting there. So there's a lot of yeah, interesting uh, ones in that. Yeah, I mean, Tam had a pretty good week, you know, but I think what's let him down is, as you mentioned earlier, uh, his captain, Gunther, as my captain as well, hadn't had the best of starts to the season. So I think that's what's uh, pushed him down the, the table a bit. But well, let's not take away from the fact that I know that all his team are in double digits. So that's got to be something to at least be proud of. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of things going that way on that one. But I think uh, the easiest permutation on that is if John Sly beats Michael, then it's a shootout between uh, JP and Tam McKay. But if, if Michael mm-hmm. Dante wins, that'll make that group really interesting to see how it goes. Now, group seven. Any of them can go through and any of them can go out. And <laughs> the way the final group, the match, the way the final match day goes, it's going to be his first cut, the cunt first versus the cunt second, and Stuart versus Colin, and the cunt third versus fourth, and Alan Skinner versus Lee McIntyre. So essentially, the winner of Stuart Cowie and Colin Blackburn are guaranteed to go through. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. certain thing on that particular one. And the loser of Alan Skinner versus Lee McIntyre are out. Uh, if Lee wins, then his best chance probably of going through is if Colin Blackburn loses because he's got a better score. He's got a much better mm. score overall than Colin. So that's kind of his one. He he needs that to happen. If if Colin wins, then I think him and Stuart are quite tight, so it could be a bit there. But as we mentioned earlier on, Alan Skinner now has a massive overall score with that big 71 points for him. So essentially, a win mm. for Alan puts him through. I don't think any of the other one at the end of the top two are going to get a better overall score than him. No, Alan Skinner in sixth place overall is what's going to be his safety net in case you know things don't go according to plan for him in this last match day. I think Alan's only chance of going out really is if his two chances of going out is obviously if he loses this week to Lee, or if Colin and Stuart get the exact same score this week and draw because that will put them mm. in. If 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 it's a, if any of them lose, any of the top two lose, and Alan wins, Alan's through. Easy as win, but. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. that could go either way. And in the final group, we've got, as I mentioned, Adam Kelly. He is through a massive win for him over Anthony Fitzpatrick this week, which puts Anthony Fitzpatrick in some trouble. As Adam Springer got himself back into t- contention, made this uh, interesting with a 37-36 win over Martin Best, which put Martin Best out. So essentially, uh, Andy Springer needs to win and hope that Anthony Fitzpatrick loses and has to get a 15-point better-off score. Than this week than Anthony Fitzpatrick to go through could happen, but it, uh, with 
it was nine points but no, between them this week, so it's, it's plausible. But it could mm. be a, a tough ass still for Andy. Although Andy Springer's overall score is pretty near the bottom of the table. He's only on 105 points, which is fourth from the bottom. It's uh, So I think in his case, it's the opposite of Alan Skinner. You know, he can't afford to take a loss here because he'll lose out he'll likely lose out on his overall score so i think the best option for him is as as long as he gets is he gets a win over martin best at least he has a bit of a safety net but you know assuming anthony fitzpatrick wins you know i think he's most likely to join adam Callie in group eight as advantage as his competition is anthony fitzpatrick is also towards the bottom half of the table so it's um, mm-hmm. And that's that's his that's his safety net on this one that he's got a chance because there is such a tight gap between them, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough ask. Uh, Dave, it's fourteen points between them, so it's uh, could could all change in an instant. Dave, if you were a betting man, uh, mm-hmm. who would join our eight currently advanced into the last sixteen? Ooh, I mean, I've got to back Robert fucking Shaw for uh, for Group Five. You know, former tag team partner. I think he's a. Uh, I would like him to go through, you know, maybe I'm just being a little bit biased, but, you know, he's not doing too great overall score-wise, so he needs a, a big win there. Um, I think I think Anthony Fitzpatrick, like I said, is likely to join Adam Kelly in Group 8. Um, GP, Michael Clotty, Tam McKay, that, that's going to be a tough one to choose from, but... If it was a top up, uh, toss up, I would say I think JP's got the edge on this one. He's been scoring pretty well overall in these uh, in these match days. For Group Two, I think. Ooh, I'd like to see Lachlan Hyatt go through. You know, there's been this running joke about he's a secret member of the West End Country Club. So, uh, but I think the uh, I think from the scores Cumbria, say otherwise. He's the most. He's the least West End person ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but. Was it the goat that brought it up? I don't know. But anyway, um, Lachlan's not been a massive scorer uh, in the match days. I think Elliot Cantor might have an edge on him uh, with the overall score. So maybe I'd be leaning more towards Elliot Cantor winning that one. Group three, I'll go with Johnny Adam. Uh, albeit, but it was very close with him and Alan Laurie, but I think he might just edge it. And then group four, as we said, you know, we've got our two qualifiers from that round. Not say group but, you know, it's still it's still all to play for. You're not saying group one or group seven. Group one, I think Ross Henderson uh, for that one. Group seven, ooh. um, I think Alan Skinner might actually have a chance here, given that his overall score might carry him into the qualification round. I think Skinner's a nailed on because Seth Rollins is defending his title on uh, Monday. That's true, yeah. Against Damien Priest, yeah. Uh, And out of Stuart and Colin... Mm, Stuart hasn't scored massively this week. Uh, then again, Colin hasn't either, but Colin is uh, a higher scorer than Stuart this week. So I think it's going to be Colin and Allen from Group 7 that go through. I would probably go Stuart Allen on that group. I think, uh, I think Anthony Fitzpatrick goes through an 8, as you said. I would mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately give the edge to JP in Group 6. Uh Sorry, Robert, I think you're screwed. I think you're out. <laughs> I, think I'm a, I think a Laura Bay is going to take him out this one. It's, Robert fucking Shaw. Robert Shaw was really high up on the table and he's had an absolute mare of a weekend. He goes to Tenerife, <laughs> he goes to Tenerife for a week and his team goes absolutely to pot. Uh, group three. Uh, 
Have we applied the have we applied the points have we applied the points deduction to him for going on holiday as well, or was that just uh, or was that just to single me out when I went to Mexico? Yeah, it was just a single year. Um, yeah, I thought so. Group three, I'm gonna go Paddy. Group two, I'm gonna have to go, I'll go Elliot. Just I think he swung it his way, and Ross Henderson, I think, yeah, in group one. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting so, how it goes, and you know the the people at the tops are not other than Johnny, other than Johnny Napier, John and John Sly. None of the people are guaranteed to be top either, so mm-hmm. that could uh, be interesting as well. But uh, that's kind of a roundup of the of the five match days so far in the list, in Listeners League Cup. Uh, we then go on next week to week six with the guys on next week's show, whoever it may be from us on STL, will summarise who's went through. Uh, and who, say who'll be going into the last 16. So that's going to be interesting in that. And mm. it'll be interesting because overall on SDL next week, Dave, is, is it'll be pretty much the last week before the transfer window. So it'll be a good point then to yep. summarise uh, how the and preview how the transfer window is going to go. So yeah, and I'd reach out to all our participants, both contributors and listeners, Lee, to consider who you might change in your team for a slight points deduction if it means you know, a bigger gain in the long run. So take this time to assess where you're standing and, you know, keep an eye on, you know, wrestlers' social media profiles, you know, keep an eye on injuries, pregnancies, anything else in between. And, you know, make your decisions accordingly based on who's undrafted or if there's anybody you want to trade with. So I'd say, you know, by the time next week comes around, we'll be kicking off the transfer window season. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead, there, or we don't know what's going to happen over the next seven days, but I'd pretty much certainly... I know. Anything... ...in the transfer window in some depth. Uh, I mean, I've, cer- I've certainly got some changes I'd like to make, but, um, you know, like you said, every- anything could change in the space of a week. Definitely, but that'll uh, round us off on this particular week of SDL. Uh, if you're new to the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can catch all our content going forward, and all historical content, a huge back catalogue there for the, from the podcast. Uh, also follow us on all our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Suplex Retweet. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining me on this beautiful Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been Steve Wilson, and we will see you next time. Cheers, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.